Southeast Radio's morning mix. Chat, news, and your views. Alan Corcoran. But first off, again reminding you of that comment line 053 9145 I'm joined by the Director of Housing at Wexford County Council, uh, Caroline Gotten. Good morning to Caroline. Morning, Alan. So, Caroline, that's just one of the hats you wear. There are many other hats you wear as Director of Services. What are they? So I look after housing, I also look after community, libraries, arts, I look after environment and climate change, emergency uh, management and also an escorty district I have responsibility for. And I suppose maybe just to say I look after a large portion of housing but our local authority build programme um, has a specific function um, and that's looked after by my colleague Sean Myler currently. Right, you may have a question you'd like me to put to Caroline. Uh, if, you want, if you'd like to do so, use that text or WhatsApp number or the phone line and we'll try and get the question in in the time frame we have with Caroline. Caroline this morning. A special meeting on housing and council chambers and I was there for the the, 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 the afternoon meeting but it clashed with what I was doing here so I couldn't meet the morning meeting but Paulie Byrne from the People Newspaper Group was there and according to his report in the paper he said the meeting descended into farce. So Caroline what is your understanding of what happened on that day? Um, I, I probably wouldn't use that word uh, to describe it. Um, I suppose the elected members every maybe 12 months, every 14 months, will look for a specific formal meeting focused on housing. And I suppose that's an opportunity for us to tell them like more the detail that they wouldn't normally hear in the council meeting. Alan, you've been to many council meetings. It's a busy agenda. And while the members have an opportunity to ask questions during the chief executive section, they don't always get a, 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 an opportunity to have a broader discussion. So a special housing meeting gives us a really good opportunity um, to focus on the work that is happening and also the challenges. Right. Um, so I suppose that's the that's the that's the function of it. So th- that was the whole idea of holding the meeting in the first place. Yeah. Just going back to Porrick's article as well, it was set set for two hours. But I get the impression from the various quotations from his article that not the councillors were far from happy. Yeah. So. Uh, I suppose when those special meetings are set, it is up to the elected members, I suppose, to dictate maybe what it is that they'd like. Um, they didn't specify, I suppose, a time frame on that. We've held several other special housing meetings. They've all be of, been of a two-hour um, time frame. Um, so I suppose we went with a two-hour time frame in the absence of the members looking for kind of uh, sort of more time, let's say. Um, again, Monday was extremely packed in terms of various topics that were covered. Um, and certainly, housing is complex. There's an awful lot of um, sections within it. Um, and I can absolutely understand um, the members' frustration because they want enough time and space to be able to ask the questions. Yeah. So they look then for us to reconvene um, uh, until, I think it's the 5th of December is the date we have. And um, We also ran late I suppose on the two-hour slot that we had um, very, very legitimately, um, the death of um, poor Vicky Phelan. Um, so we did lose an, uh, you know, uh, a number of minutes at the beginning. Uh, we did a presentation for around 40 minutes. So 40 yeah. minutes of that kind of two-hour slot would have allowed the members about an hour and quarter then to kind of to ask questions. Okay. So look, they didn't get enough time. We we do have a lot of information and a lot of good information in there and uh, I suppose I was uh, particularly anxious as uh, Director of Services the members have been asking us to do work in certain areas and we wanted to show them some of the work we have actually progressed on um, so I suppose that led I suppose to uh, yeah. the density let's say of the information that they got. So have you planned to revisit all this then? Yeah well, so the 5th of December the members are going to come back and um, I can't tell you what the time frame is um, uh, in terms of the, you know, the, the length of time the meeting is but at that point the members will have had all the information and then we probably will just go into questions. We might do okay. a short update. What I am anxious to do is get any concerns the members want to share with us beforehand so we can address them quite rapidly at the beginning of the meeting. One of the documents I have is 64 pages so we're, we're going, I've just cherry picked a few items to discuss with you. Again our text line is open to listeners 0873737956. So before I look at the details in the report can I ask mm-hmm. you a few general questions. The first one is how long is it going to take for Wexford County Council to clear the social housing list? 
Um, so I suppose I, I, I wouldn't use the term to clear the social housing list. Our function is always to provide social housing for those people who can't provide it um, for themselves and who need support. Um, at the moment, what we see is that we have too many people waiting too long to get social housing. Um, so I, I, don't, I don't think of it as clearing the list, but I do think of it as giving people a reasonable expectation um, of gaining social housing within um, a certain period of time. At the moment, in some parts of the county, we're down to maybe less than kind of two years in terms of a housing officer. Or, sorry, a housing offer, offer even. Um, but in other parts of the county, you could be waiting eight years possibly, right. um, maybe for one bedroom or two bedroom units. So we need to balance that a little bit, Alan. Um, and we, we need to give people more visibility in terms of when they might expect to get a social housing well, One of the documents I have is the social housing, the key facts and figures from the presentation and the social housing demand. Mm-hmm. C- can you share some of the stats with our listeners, please, in that? Yeah. So I suppose... Um, there's always two figures when we talk about social housing and uh, this is where I think a lot of the pressure for people um, exists. We talk about the unaccommodated people, that's the social housing demand and that's the group of people who have no social housing support at the moment. That figure currently stands at 1,618 households. Um, in 2019 that was 2,260 so we, we've seen a reduction on that list in three years of 28%. Um, at the same time um, we have them what's called the transfer list. That's people who are qualified for social housing and who are living in HAP-supported accommodation. And those people want um, core social housing from the local authority or from an approved housing body. And that figure for 2022 is very, very similar. So it's 1,682, and that's around this kind of month. The figures change every day as well, Alan. I should should say that it is is always moving. So at the moment, our combined demand then would be just uh, 3,300, a little bit bit north of that. Um, So... Where the real pressure is coming from is in that sort of private rented market. We're seeing increased rents. We're seeing um, lack of supply um, overall. And that's really where a lot of the frustration is coming from. As I say, the unaccommodated list, we have reduced that by 28%. um, But uh, there's a lot more people um, on that transfer list. And we need to kind of gain more pace in terms of of, uh, delivery. All right. So uh, you've talked about social housing then. And and again, I'm just asking a few general questions before I look at the core of the report. The next one is, you're the official responsible for housing in Wexford and you've said that to us. Where are the blockages in the system, both at local and national level? Where are the, like, and to be honest with you, I know I have to keep an eye on the national level, but I'm more interested in the local level. Where are the blockages in this county? Um, so, and again, I probably use the word constraints rather than blockages. Blockages to me seems like we kind of can't get through them and I don't believe that's true. Constraints tend to impact our time to uh, deliver housing. So, the problem with housing, I suppose, in general, it's a complex process. There's lots of moving parts in it. Um, in terms of the Housing for All um, programme nationally, there are hundreds of actions. The local authority is responsible for a very small number of those. There's lots of issues around planning that people talk about, around infrastructure such as Irish water. Um, and really, I suppose, we have a um, high level of regulation. We have really high standards um, in our in our countries, which is all very positive. But then that makes for a complex system and it moves yes. slowly. I attended um, a meeting last night of the construction industry Federation in Euros and these are private developers who are building um, generally in the sector and they talk about a time frame of four to five years when they when they decide maybe to purchase a site right. to kind of getting houses finished. That's the kind of time frame. That's too long. I think we would all agree that's too long. That should be much tighter. Um, but there's a lot of stuff that I suppose isn't within our own control um, at, a, at a local level um, for that. Our job is, I suppose, in spite of all that, it's to get projects into the system, it's to get houses delivered for people. So they are the blockages then, as you would define them at the moment. Are they surmountable? 
Um, they are. I suppose, look at additional um, challenges in the system um, would be uh, we've seen a lot of uh, cost inflation. We see challenges around the supply chain. The supply chain has self-settled a little bit. We may see shortages in terms of available um, blockies and um, plumbers and that type of thing, even architects, you know, all through the system and um, we have uh, shortages. Yeah. Uh, so I suppose, are, are they surmountable? Um, yes, Um but it takes a lot of willingness. It takes a lot of different pieces of the puzzle and um, to be put right and to and to and to make things quicker. But in you know that that will move at national level. At local level, what we have to do is work with a system that we have um, and get houses delivered for people locally. Right. Um, I want to move on to the HAP. What is the future of HAP? Because well, I hear being discussed at the moment, is is it being threatened or is it likely to change? What is the future of HAP? And just remind people what HAP is. Please. Yeah, I, I was just going to say HAP um, is a is an acronym, so it, sta- it stands for Housing Assistance uh, Assistance Payment, um, and it it was introduced what what would have been um, rent support um, for people that that would have been the term used previously, and HAP was introduced in twenty seventeen, and really HAP was introduced as a way to try and address what had been a huge buildup of demand on our social housing system. Yeah. So to give people who were qualified for social housing a financial um, uh, payment and then that then would help pay their um, private rent uh, rental cost. So the theory again is good and what we've seen in those years though is that the price of properties has continued to rise, the price of rent has continued to rise because we haven't addressed demand. So just too much demand on a very very constrained system. So we don't have enough housing for lots of categories. In particular the people in HAP, people who are looking to rent maybe short term um, and people who are um, I suppose looking for affordable housing. So the cost of housing has kind of gone up significantly so people who are in the private market looking to buy. In County Wexford, we have a lot of people working in um, the hospitality sector, um, in construction. And in terms of mortgage capacity, um, they don't necessarily have the mortgage capacity to pay the price of houses that are on the market at the moment. Right. So I suppose th- there are some of the challenges that we need to look at. And is it going to change then? Is HAP yeah. going to change? Um, I'm not... It wouldn't be fair for me to comment fully on that. Okay. There has been a review of HAP and there's ongoing reviews of social housing threshold limits and HAP in the context of it. You know, you shouldn't need HAP if the social housing supply is strong and steady. Right, that's, so that's, the, that's the basis of it. So until I, from my perspective, until we strengthen that supply and we have, instead of having peaks and troughs, that we have that nice um, yeah. fluid delivery, we shouldn't need HAP. But until, 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 until that period, we will need HAP still. I want to give you an opportunity before I conclude to just outline what the plans are, to summarise them for us, to give people a message of hope, particularly if they're waiting to get on the property yeah. ladder. But before I do that to conclude, mm-hmm. I want to look at the whole area of the homeless. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Davey Hines said he was in the dark this at the meeting the other day regarding guidelines for homeless people. Jim Cobb talked about finding a man sleeping on cardboard. Jack Sarones was very volatile about the whole issue, gave examples from Enniscorthy. His fellow uh, councillor, uh, well, on, on the district, Carl Burns, said the whole area of downsizing and switching. Barbara Murphy raised the issue about people being released from prison and questioned where they're getting priority. Mm-hmm. And Tom Ford talked about out of service offers, uh, ours, I should say. So when it comes to homelessness, mm-hmm. how equipped are we to tackle it? Uh, because, I mean, every Every day I come down here, Caroline, I see two or three people sleeping in the doorway of one of the banks. Mm-hmm. It's heartbreaking. I, this mm-hmm. morning yeah. I went to one man to see if I could get him a cup of tea and he was in wrapped up in whatever however cold it is, mm-hmm. 
that that shouldn't be happening. Should no, it? no, it shouldn't be happening. And homelessness is really, really complex. And um, what we have in place is a homeless services and support unit, and it's not only the local authority; it's the HSE as well. And we also work with Focus Ireland in terms of tenancy support. I think about homelessness in kind of two main bundles. There's a group of people who are threatened by homelessness because there's a lack of supply. Yeah. But if there was houses there, you'd never hear from them again. There's another group of people, and they're what we refer to, I suppose, as complex homelessness. Yeah. So the reason there is ho- the reason they're in homelessness. Um, um, is not because of they haven't had housing. Um, they haven't been able to maintain that housing. Um, they may have substance issues. Um, they may have mental health issues. Um, and they're the individuals that are quite difficult and challenging to work with. Um, and it can take a long time, um, Alan. And I don't want to get into very specific details about some of the individuals but you, have talked so, about, you have some but good those, news that you are engaging with them, which I think is heartening to hear. Oh, we are. So, um, you know, some of these individuals... Um, would be very fearful of services. So yes. the countries they come from act quite differently. Um, so they're wary. Made, they're wary. Absolutely, absolutely. And there's a lack of, they don't have English and all kinds of stuff. Um, we have an outreach worker now. So over the last kind of year or two, we have made quite good progress. And this will sound, you know, if you have people who will actually come in somewhere and take a meal and get a shower, hmm. that's progress. That can take a year, a year and a half, you know. And this 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 sounds really challenging for people, I think, if you don't deal in this area and and um, maybe not exposed to the level of vulner- vulnerability people have. We can't force people to take accommodation. There is accommodation available for people, but oftentimes they just don't want it for various reasons. Um, right. Alan, is know. it a priority? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And look, at, we're under, and look, at, the members have loads of queries um, the other day. What I would say is we've we've seen a huge increase in calls to our homeless support unit. Um, we have placed more people this year. Um, we've seen an increase in notice to quits been issued to families, which is really, really worrying. Um, where you have children involved, uh, our job is to provide emergency accommodation in those scenarios. Um, but it's also important that we understand how the individual or family have ended up in homelessness because that's going to impact whether or not they can sustain a tenancy into the future. And as I say, there's two broad categories. There's the people who it's just a lack of supply and they're somewhat um, easier to solve in that once we get housing from them, they're fine. Um, but the other more complex individuals um, are really challenging. We have a Housing First programme yeah. um, which looks at trying to place people who are cycling through homelessness over a long number of Years, and that gives them security of tenure but they need a lot of tenancy sustainment as well so we have 24 places on that we're working with Peter McFerry locally we have a new um, development coming on in Euros and we have a development here in Wexford Town um, and that will see around another 20 long-term homeless people be housed permanently and we also use some of our own door accommodation as well um, to house um, some families who have been on the social housing list one of the big challenges we have is we have a chronic shortage of emergency bed and breakfast um, uh, supply in the county so we have two locations near Ross and Gorey where we can place people but if you live in Wexford and you end up yeah. um, homeless, you're at one of those locations most likely. Um, and if there are children in school, that's very, very complex and it's just a, a, um, okay. um, a long journey. I will say we have made progress in the area, Alan. We have more outreach workers in place now. We have a substance misuse funded by the HSC um, and we have an outreach worker who's made great roads in with some of our um, Romanian um, uh, clients as well. So we are making progress right. but it's slow for the complex cases I have to go to uh, Minister Damien English in just no. a second who's waiting to speak to me but before we conclude mm-hmm. again I want to finish with a message of hope and the projects like the, the, yeah. the detail when I read through it today I was impressed with it in the sense that there are some wonderful initiatives out there. So to give people who are waiting to get on the property ladder a message of hope, mm-hmm. can, you, can you just in a couple of minutes just share what is in this that is going to give the county a boost? 
so maybe two things. Social housing, first of all, um, we have allocated so far this year 440 um, homes for life for people and that's through local authority and approved housing bodies. Um, and that's some of our 367 new bills that we have in this year. By the early next year, sort of the end of January, early February, we're going to have more than half of the minimum target, which is 1,155 housing units um, delivered or under construction in the county. Um, so the members are really concerned that the number, of, that, that, that the target under housing for all is too low at 1,155 um, but we will have half that programme more than half that programme under construction or delivered we'll also have um, we have 882 of those units fully approved um, and we're working on another close to 400 um, properties so we've already exceeded that minimum target and I suppose that's the comfort we were trying to give to members um, on Monday. Now these houses still have to get into the ground and get built um, but it's important we have to have a strong pipeline um, and we do have a strong pipeline um, one of the biggest challenges we have is trying to balance demand across the county. So some districts are slower than others and we have a huge challenge in terms of delivering one and two bedroom units. 70% of our demand on the social housing list is for one and two bedroom units. Um, we have to stop and reduce our build of three bedroom units. We need loads more one and two bedroom units. Um, we also need to tackle um, refusals and increase the speed of allocations. So to get the empty houses al- allocated quicker, just really briefly as well, Alan, I might just mention um, affordable housing because that's one of the areas that we really see people who are just outside that social housing threshold. Um, we passed an affordable housing allocation scheme the other day the members did. We've also made a submission to the Department for County Wexford to be included on the Affordable Housing Fund, which will give us access um, to capital finance to bridge the gap for people between the purchase price and what they can afford to pay. So we hope to see affordable housing units delivered in Wexford um, in the next um, couple of years. We only have one project firmly on the map at the moment, that's in Ramsford, but I expect that we will put a number of other um, schemes in place, working with developers as um, turnkey approaches. So I suppose that's what I would say. There is progress being made um, and as you say, it's important that people have um, hope in that in that um, context. We leave it there for the moment. Thank you for joining me in studio. And of course, the 5th of December is when it will be aired again. Uh, and possibly you have to allocate an extra hour or two to get through it all. But uh, may have to. thank Absolutely. you for joining me in studio. Southeast Radio's Morning Mix. Chat, news and your views.